Hello, everybody. In this episode of the Ajax Podcast International, we will be talking to Ajax CEO, former goalkeeper and all-out legend Edwin van der Sar. Erik ten Hag is our manager. He's doing an excellent job. <laughs> he looked to the linesman. He's not, uh, he's not waving a flag. Then you knew the goal was in. Welcome to the Ajax Podcast International. Here we go. We showed it in Bayern Bay, we showed it against Bayern Munich. Ajax have their boots on the throats of the champions! Very excited to have my favorite soccer team, Ajax in New York City, that's what we call you guys here. The champions are stunned, the continent is stunned by this! Welcome to the Ajax Podcast International with Horace Cohen and Diederik van Zessen. Hello everyone, you are listening to the very first episode of the Ajax Podcast International. From now on, we will keep you up to date about your favorite Dutch team. And in the Ajax Podcast, we discuss five topics and today we'll be doing that with a very special guest, Edwin van der Sar. Now, I remember him as being the goalkeeper of the Golden Age in the 90s. As Ajax player, he won the World Cup for club teams and the European Championship League in 1995 and played another final the year after. Sadly, that one was lost in a penalty shootout. But that was only the beginning of Edwin van der Star, who is now the CEO of our beloved club. Welcome, Edwin. Thank you very much. Good How to are be you? here. Um, great, to be fair. Let's kick off with the hardest question. Is it soccer or football? Uh, football. Is that for you or is that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's call it soccer. It is an international podcast. So listen for the for the US. So it's uh, it's called soccer. It can be both, don't you think? I don't know. No. Can, it, can we not, whatever, make, uh, make, 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 make let Trump make a decision or something? <laughs> uh, soccer <laughs> or football? <laughs> oh, no, not Trump. But okay, maybe we, we, he, he listens to the Ajax Podcast International yeah, for he sure. A, he has an opinion about everything. So. Yeah, that's true. Let's go to our uh, first topic. Topic one origin story do you know what an origin story is sorry uh, you lost me a little bit all right let me explain you have like the avengers superhero movie now all the superheroes have their own movies that's the where okay, they're from yes. the origin yeah, yeah, yeah. what is your origin story can you tell us a little bit about how it all started ah uh, of course started as a, as a young boy in a, in a small village uh played football against uh, a brick wall outside the house uh, played football uh, football at school uh, went in goal because I was the, the tallest. Somehow that that turned out quite well. I uh, got compliments, well done, uh, great save. And somehow I increased and became better. And yeah, at a certain point, only at 19, uh, I got a chance at Ajax and yeah. uh, signed a contract uh, as a third goalkeeper. And just to be, for, to be fair, before that, not one hair on my... Uh, uh, on my buddy was thinking I could be a professional football player. Did anybody in the family play football? Yes, I had an uncle. He was a center half. He played for a uh, mid-size uh, Eredivisie team called Volendam. Okay. It's, uh, maybe a lot of Americans know it because uh, there's a lot of... Uh, the herring uh, capital uh, of the herring world. herring capital and everything. So the, the paling sound. Yes. Yeah, that, uh, That's very international. Absolutely. Jan Smit, everybody <laughs> knows him. And uh, did, you, did you right away have a feeling, I'm really good at this? No, not really. Uh, I was not a big talent, but I said I needed I needed to work hard on my on my on my skills. Uh, I'm quite tall, so that that helped probably in uh, in in keeping keeping the goals out. Uh, but uh, now I, I had to put a lot of hard work in and uh, and, and really put uh, put in the shifts to uh, to reach a certain level. Because mm -hmm. uh, how did you end up at Ajax? 
Yeah, say I uh, I played at uh, my village team uh, when I was t- until I was 17. At 18, I went to uh, to the next village, a little bit uh, bigger club. And my uh, manager of my coach, he was good friends with Louis van Gaal, mm-hmm. the, at that time academy director or, uh, or assistant coach of the first team. He proposed, come on, come have a look at, uh, at this player. I got an amazing r- r- right winger and a very good goalkeeper. You would love it. You would take them straight away at Ajax. So Louis came, uh, watched, the, watched the match, uh, got an invitation for a couple of training sessions and played a match and uh, got a contract as third goalkeeper at Ajax. The rest is history. Uh, almost. All right. That quick. Let's go to our <laughs> second topic. Topic two, the first period at Ajax. So let's pick it up in those early 90s. Louis Fagal took over as head coach in 91. Can you tell and explain what, uh, for our international listeners, what made him such a special trainer and what made him such a special person? Yeah, I think he is. Uh, he was on top of everything. He wanted to know, uh, he, had, he led every training session. Uh, he had fantastic tactics. He was, uh, he was using all the players, not that well, only 11 or the first 13. I think the, the, the philosophy of the club has always been uh, bringing young players through. And if young players have quality, then, uh, then you give them give them the opportunity and they, they uh, then they work for you. And I think he, uh, he really did that with, uh, for example, Edgar Davids and, and Clarence Seedorf to put them in the, into the team. And from that, uh, from that on, that's always uh, take the next steps. And uh, yeah, he did it with me also. He changed the goalkeeper and put like uh, a skinny 23-year-old, uh, uh, very tall, white guy in the, <laughs> in the goal. And yeah, uh, because I had qualities, he saw a certain uh, impact that I could uh, I could make. And uh, he gave me the chance and I, I took it. Yeah, for the international listeners who do know soccer a little bit, and Louis van Gaal, he comes over as a very hard or difficult person in, in the interviews. But he wasn't like that uh, to you he, guys. He is a hard and difficult person yeah. <laughs> uh, for the outside world. Absolutely, I'm not gonna make the make the picture um, more rosier or something. No. But he is uh, uh, internally with with the players. He did everything for the players and uh, organized evenings uh, for, the wi- for the players' wives also. So he had uh, like a party a party night where you played uh, an, uh, a real life ganzenbord. Uh, you have probably the translation in American. What that's uh, uh, what it is. You can, uh, you can think, board. Uh, you, you don't can think know about it. You can think about <laughs> it. Uh, and he organized those games himself, and uh, he had team people helping him just to make sure that the atmosphere was was right. Uh, he called it team building. Uh, so in that way, it was was quite in the early 90s team buildings uh, and and that way yeah we, we were working for each other the the wives were, were were also as one group and that that helped us performing on the uh, off the pitch on the pitch also yeah yeah, yeah. and you started uh, Ajax started winning European trophies again in 1992 the UEFA Cup was won uh, 20 years after the first continental winning streak you became the first keeper in the year after uh, can you tell us about your teammates and what made that team so good yeah, of course. Then and then the '92 season, what you said, we won the Europa League, uh, the Europa League, the UEFA League uh, uh, at that time. Uh, but at times, you always need to need to yeah work, look at the, look at the next year because you know players going to leave. Uh, they're going to l- look at uh, maybe a bigger competition, a uh, different country. So in that way, you know, always know that your chance is going to be there. And uh, I think the the core of the team stayed. Uh, Frank de Boer uh, was still there. Uh, Danny Blind. Uh, Mark Overmars came in, uh, Kluivert uh, came in, David Seedorf were uh, coming in in '93. So in that way, the whole new team was was uh, was, was forming and, and trying to establish this themselves. As a young player, you first should think about yourself, but then straight away, were yeah, the team was was clicking uh, clicking together, and the 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 way we approach football, the way that 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 Van Gaal uh, let us think about football, uh, let us think about uh, the exercises. 
and and reaching yeah the the, the level of, of of concentration to to play the most difficult game uh, attacking football with create creative uh, inventions everywhere in the pitch. Now, do you? Um, I I saw some uh, material of uh, the final in Torino. I think you were still a reserve keeper, yeah. but there's a penalty of Patterson, and you see yourself standing uh, in the background. You're not sitting in the dugout. Do you remember? All those finals or anything? What was happening there? Mm, no, I think you remember more even you play. Then you have to real you know, when you're sitting on the, in, the, in the dugout and uh, at the side. Of course, you're part of the team and you you train the whole week with them. And of course, you live towards that uh, that final. But um, I can't recall. Of course, you recall the, the let's say the goals and everything. But uh, of course, it's much different than if you're if you're if an active yeah. player on the pitch and 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 an active contribution to to winning. Uh, silverware. What are the highlights that you really remember from that episode in your career? Yeah, mainly getting the chance. And of course, oh, yeah. uh, in the first year, first two years, you're happy that you're there and trying to improve. And at a certain point, you feel, uh, you taste that, that the level come, uh, becomes higher. You're saving more balls. Uh, maybe sometimes when, when the coach said, okay, we have two teams, uh, put your yellow bibs and red bibs uh, out and uh, pick a goalkeeper and Initially, they picked eh, the, the other goalkeeper, and certainly when you saw the most important players coming towards you. Yeah. So, so okay, that that feels sort of like uh, back in uh, back in school that you always were picking the, the yeah. best uh, player uh, to play tennis or netball or uh, uh, dodgeball, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I had had that when I was young as a, as a, as a, at school, and now mm-hmm. you felt it also coming in 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 yeah with an inter- international football club. So are you talking about Stanley Manso uh, that time? Yeah. They were they started with Stanley Manso, and then at, at one point they were. T- so, yeah, yeah Stanley, Man- Stanley was the first goalkeeper and uh, at a certain point uh, yeah, I got the opportunity and Stanley had, was international goalkeeper for Holland also and I, I was really looking up to him and at a certain point you saw that yeah, that I was creeping up I think to uh, to the level where he was and I was absorbing everything that he did and uh, he helped me also a lot in the beginning and at a certain point yeah, I was there to yeah, take over when the opportunity yeah. arised. Mm-hmm. You passed when he, when he was not playing that well and made him uh, made a mistake, and I got a chance and uh, I grabbed it. And okay. th- th- those moments you say that you remember uh, during a match um, are those also goals that I scored or only saves? No, there's more uh, actually more the goals that you get against and the mistakes you made. Uh, then things are going well because people expect you to do well because uh-huh. that's why you're there. Hey? That's why you're a professional football player. Uh, you're okay. You, you started it because you, you you love football and you and you started to uh, to to play it. And uh, on the pitch, yeah, you're there to save the goals and not to let them in. So if it's one is your fault or you started uh, an attack and uh, you know, the ball the ball got intercepted, mm-hmm. yeah, then you blame yourself and those things you uh, you you think of the, of the most. And also, I can imagine football is a game in which the pitch is pretty long. So even for example, in the European Champions League final. When Kluivert scored, did you even see how it went in? Um, I think it was, you're talking about 95 already, but uh, that doesn't really matter because uh, that time you don't, didn't have VAR, so that's, uh, <laughs> that's all right. So at the moment you see the, bo- the ball going into the net, you see the net and you see people cheering. You look to the linesman, he's not, uh, he's not waving a flag. Then you knew the goal was in. And of course, it was the 86 minute and uh, the match was tensed. Uh, that was not a great game. Uh, before that we played, we won already twice from AC Milan, but that time for us Dutch people was the, the team to beat yeah, with mm-hmm. Basta, Rijkaard and uh, Gullit uh, was the, 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 golden, the golden Milan and then suddenly you play against them and you, you beat them twice and you, you reach the final, yeah, what's the odds that you're going to win 
a third time against AC Milan, the, the, the best team in the world. And still we did it with, uh, yeah, with young, talented players. And of course, some experience with Danny Blind and, uh, and Frank Rijkaard. So that was whatever, that feeling was incredible. Were they important to you? Uh, yes. Uh, I remember the first time that Frank Rijkaard was on, uh, on the training ground. And I'm quite good with, with kicking balls and, and, and uh, uh, passing the, from, from left to right. And I had to make an exercise that uh, Frank Rijkaard was on the halfway line. I needed to kick, uh, to kick the ball to him. He, he could control it and then pass it left or right. And I could not get the ball to him. I was just, I'm kicking, I have to kick the ball to Frank Rijkaard. Frank Rijkaard, the, yeah. the <laughs> Rijk- Frank Rijkaard. You cheered him in 88 when, uh, when Holland won the, 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 the European Championship. It's Frank Rijkaard, AC Milan, the... So I could not, whatever, kick one ball straight away. I said, like, Jesus, what do you think? What, what, <laughs> what kind of shit goalkeeper does, does he have to deal with? So, uh, but yeah, later on, he, uh, he was such that a gent. Changed. He was a gent in the, in the dressing room. He's, uh, he was quiet, but just his presence was so important for the, for the young players uh, to, uh, to have around. Yeah, a true hero also. Topic three, Van de Sar goes up, Ajax goes down. You stayed at Ajax until 1999. When you left the club, it fell into a kind of a deep crisis. Why do you think that happened? I think the crisis was, was mainly uh, uh, happened because of the Bosman rule. I think in '96, uh, Jean-Marc Bosman went to court, and he got uh, that uh, at a certain point, if you have, if you offer to play a contract, and he didn't take it, you still have uh, you could ask a transfer fee. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Bosman ruling what became if you end if your contract ends, you're free to go. And I think that's, uh, that was an, uh, a rule that Ajax uh, has, uh, has been costly for Ajax. A lot of big players uh, went without compensation to, uh, to big clubs. Uh, Patrick Kluivert, Edgar Davids, uh, Mike Reisger, I think, and, and one or two more. So in that way, Jare Liedmanen also in 99. I think that uh, those quality players, those are yeah, big amounts of players. And I don't think those, uh, those players got replaced uh, mm. uh, at the same level. So uh, and also the academy was not able to comp- uh, to to fulfill those uh, those boots that the players left with but future talent. With future talent, yeah. yeah. What what normally is the case, but uh, sometimes it's not there or not there yet. Uh, but everybody expecting uh, certain points because uh, we played ninety five final, ninety six final, ninety seven semi final. Uh, so it became like a, a benchmark for European success, and that uh, that didn't happen after that period. And also for myself, uh, I was 20, 27, 28. When I made the decision, okay, to uh, to leave Ajax and uh, and, uh, and go to uh, go to a different country and try to yeah, to reach, uh, to, let's see if your qualities uh, should fit also in a different league. Yeah, because in contrast to the club, your career afterwards was very successful, uh, playing for Juventus in Italy, Fulham, Manchester United in the UK. Did you still follow Ajax during those days? Were you always yeah, I keeping think an of, eye on it? Of course, uh, Ajax gave you the opportunity. That's the club that, uh, that that brought you on the European scene, on the world on the, on the world scene. Uh, that's why you're uh, you're an international player to play for the Dutch national team. And of course, you you follow Ajax. Uh, you still have contact, of course. And and next to that, you follow Barcelona, uh, uh, Juventus, uh, Juventus, of course, where you play. But uh, some guys went to Italy, uh, to uh, to England. So in that way, you're yeah, you were following the club where who gave you the opportunity to to play football. And and of those three clubs. Does does one of those have your heart a little bit like it? Ajax has your heart? Yeah, I think whatever you said, successful. Uh, I, I rate success and the amount of trophies. And uh, playing for a European, big European team is is not 
I, what I call success, success is winning uh, the Serie A. Uh, I didn't do that, or we didn't do it with Juventus. My my level, I didn't reach my potential that I had at Ajax and and later in my career. So I blame myself also for uh, for that. Uh, at Fulham uh, was a club that yeah, that's, that's less uh, pedigree than mm-hmm. uh, than the other three clubs that uh, three clubs that I played for. Uh, so in that way, uh, if do you have few connection with a different club? Yeah, then you have to think about Man United, where yeah, those six years in the end of my career from 34 to 40, um, yeah, re- playing three Champions League finals, winning four Premier League titles, yeah, those are uh, numbers and 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 data that a l- not a lot of players are uh, are able to uh, to put on the table. Right. Do you and still speak Italian, by the way? Yeah, Paolo Motobelli, Italiano, see, non c'è problemi. Tu? No. no? <laughs> <laughs> I can do some swear words. Exactly, I can do some swear words. Okay. But I won't do that. No, I don't do that. <laughs> you, you, won, uh, you played five Champions League finals. Yeah. One, two, lost three. Is, so your, your, your answer... My average, my average is shit. I should have won. Sorry, I can say that, of course. Uh, no, you... Okay. Okay. Uh, I should have won at least three. Because uh, two out of five... There's not a lot of people that can say they played five finals. Yeah, okay, but when you play them, you need to win them. So winning two is... If you say, I won two Champions League, oh, wow, that's great, but I lost three also. So I I would have rather would have won three and... The last one was your very last match. Yeah, also. that was that was okay. Uh, I'm not religious, uh, but at a certain point you, t- you played six, seven hundred matches. Uh, okay, uh, there's one more match on the whatever the 23rd, 24th of May in 2011. Okay, give me one more win. I only need one one more win, and I'm not going to ask the rest of my life anything. Just make sure of make sure, uh, please. Would be great if we uh, could win this game. And uh, after that th- day, you weren't religious. <laughs> no, yeah, but, uh, yeah, okay. This, this, okay. Last match, win. Nada. Your, your 90 minutes. Your career's finished. Your, your lift the trophy, and uh, you live happily after after. I think. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, uh, that didn't happen. But uh, I'm, I'm still have a good. I'm still have a good life. These last two finals, you lost against. Messi, yeah, right. So uh, I think it, w- it was Barcelona. But uh, if you want to call ba- Barcelona Messi in one name, you can probably do that. Of course, I think if we're broadcasting internationally, then Messi is is a brand. Okay, and you lost yeah. in in two finals where he played a very big role. I yeah. think so. I think that's maybe a compensation a little. No, not really. Of course, I've, I played to great players uh, in my in my career, and uh, if they come from Brazil or from Germany or from the Czech Republic or uh, in this case uh, Argentina with Le- Lionel Messi. Uh, yeah, you, you want to do well for your club. Eh? You, you, you prepared yourself the whole year. You uh, make sure that you rest, that you eat the proper things, that you win the games. And then you, yeah, you reach the final. But what's the summum of the year, the, the last club match of the year before tournament start. And you just want to win it. It's not only for your club. Is it for yourself? Is it for your country? Is it for your wife? Is it for your kids? Uh, you need to win it. And of course, uh, when our players against you they 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 want to do the same and of course that that level that that Messi and and the way that his career started and Barcelona played in those uh, in those years were were amazing and uh, unfortunately they uh, yeah we uh, were up against uh, one of the best teams uh, club teams in the, in the world so if you had to choose you played with Ronaldo and against Messi mm-hmm. who's better i think uh Messi has the 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 technical the the skills and everything and and and, and the natural and Ronaldo had to re- work really hard 
uh, is an extreme hard worker and dedicated to, to become one of the best players in the world. And uh, he said it in, uh, in, uh, in training when he was young. Uh, said, what are you doing so early? Yeah, I want to be, become the best player in the world. Uh, okay, that's fair, fair deal. But uh, he really put all the efforts and the shifts in to, uh, to become the best player in the world. And uh, that's, uh, I congratulate him that. Was he one of the first ones uh, at the club when you were playing yeah, with him? Yeah, absolutely. He was uh, still young, of course. But he was, he was early, I think, his uh, problem with his ankle or something. And he, uh, yeah, he was working out a lot with an elastic band and, and tried to improve it and working with the coach, working with his ab- abdominals every time he scores, uh, that he could uh, lift a shirt. <laughs> uh, but but uh, he's one of the first that, uh, that uh, the gym work and pre- uh, prep work, uh, that, that really, he really took that serious. He had, he had, uh, he had an... Uh, uh, a chef at home to uh, to cook the food. Yeah, um, he is not a is not a party uh, party guy. So in that way, he put all all his mind to becoming the best player in the world. Was that a new thing to you? Because I don't think you ever had a chef at home. No, uh, besides a small party uh, uh, that you throw for friends or whatever, then uh, then I call the call in the chef. But in general, no. Uh, I uh, I eat my my sandwiches in the morning yeah. with haagslag and. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and a snijkoek. Chocolate sprinkles. And, uh, chocolate, uh, chocolate sprinkles. And the evening, <laughs> just, uh, just the potatoes and the vegetables uh, with, a, with a piece of uh, some meat that uh, a lot of uh, Dutch people grow up with. Yeah. All right. Great. Topic four. Topic four. Come back at Ajax. So you turned to Ajax right after your career. Why, why so fast come back to Ajax? Um, yeah, ideally, uh, at a certain point you think, okay, I played 21 years of football. I want to I have a rest. Yeah. But uh, to be fair, football is addictive. Uh, soccer is a sport is addictive. So in that way, uh, I got uh, I got a call from uh, from Johan Cruyff and uh, Dennis Burkamp. Mm-hmm. They said, "Listen, Edwin, that Ajax want to do the thing differently. We want to make sure that, uh, that Ajax become a European uh, top club again, and uh, we need uh, need some help. We want some ex players uh, who know the game, uh, trying to uh, work their way up in uh, in a director role. So not only as a, as a coach uh, or as a football football uh, football manager." But mainly also to uh, to have a director or CEO, a club and club executive, to uh, yeah to lead uh, to lead the club to uh, to new glory. Uh, are you do you want to think about it? So, Whoa, uh, what is uh, what is it? What uh, what what they need to do? What, uh, what, what are the things? What are the yeah, the, the, the attributes I need? And um, so we we talk a little bit further, and uh, I let it uh, let it yeah sink in, it to my mind a little bit. And uh, yeah, I, I had an idea. Okay, let's 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 go for this. And uh, I did a master in sports management in Amsterdam. Yeah. You went to school. Uh, I went back to school, and it was uh, was hard, but uh, and joyful. I didn't I didn't finish my school when I was 18, 19, because uh, at 19 uh, when I got the opportunity here at Ajax. But in that way, it was, it was great to uh, to be active and to have uh, people around me who are uh, uh, academic at a higher level. But I could easily see that uh, what I learned in sport. The pressure and the, and the way you need to uh, compete and be the best. Um, if you get your mind to it, then, uh, then you can succeed. Did you already know know then this might bring me to the top of to make me a CEO? Was that that was the idea? But the idea was uh, that I first started as a, as a marketing director at a, mm-hmm. at a different role, like a, a director's role, and that there was a CEO that uh, that one part has is. Uh, uh, you need to lead the company, need to lead the club, but also and the second the second job was uh, to make sure that he that he hold that they held my hand and make sure that uh, that I learned from him, that I uh, I took everything in and making sure and prepare my uh, that he prepared me to to take over uh, as a as a successor. Right, Ajax is back at the highest European levels, playing 
the European League final in 2017 and reaching the Champion League semis last year. The third coming of Ajax has taken place while you were in the board of directors. It, is this your magic? What And what is that magic? Yes, or if secret. I, if I'm going to explain it uh, all to, uh, to, the, to, the, to the first internet <laughs> podcast and everything, then, uh, then all the clubs are going to do the yeah, things no, that, don't, I, that, don't. that I've done at Ajax. But is there something special that you do? Absolutely not. I, it's, it's, I got love for the club. The club gave me the opportunity. Uh, we give young players opportunities. And I think Ajax gives opportunities also to young coaches. And they gave the opportunity to a director to find his feet, to see if he can, uh, can manage the club uh, and can take steps to, to be becoming the chief executive. And that way, uh, it's, it's, it's great, of course, the knowledge of the game that I have. But I needed to create also knowledge about, uh, about security, about ticketing, about commercial, about uh, Social wor- media. Wor- working out with, uh, with UEFA, with FIFA, uh, rep- to represent uh, the Dutch football, uh, Ajax. Uh, media. So in that way, it's it's an all-around role. And uh, to be fair, I loved it, even as a goalkeeper. I don't didn't want only be wanted to be in my goal. I, I would l- would love to be an outfield player and would love to be take part in 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 in, in football drills. And I have that now also. I I, I want to lead the club, same as I I led my defense uh, and coach my defense. So I I very much have the same view in myself that as being yeah as a goalkeeper. With, with, with a right back, two defenders and a left back. Yeah, I have that now with my operational director, with my finance director, with my uh, sports director. So in that way, working as a team, making sure that yeah that we need to go forward. I need to play forward, create a football uh, and be dominant. And in that way, also trying to lead the club in that way. So that would mean that Menno Slot is like your Frank Rijkaard and Mark Overmars is like your Mark Overmars. Uh, Mark Overmars, uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and then we have Suzanne Lenderink, uh, our new financial director also. So we have a f- a female uh, in, the, in the board also. Yeah. And, and that way, working as a team, trying to collect and, 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 and make sure that, uh, that the other colleagues and, uh, and other departments are working together. And uh, uh, I take a lot of, a lot of explanation and a lot of uh, meaning for my football career. Is, is, do you, are you living through your team also? Uh, the, uh, the, what the I mean to say, the Ajax team now... The, do you uh, enjoy them getting so far, winning? Are you, are you like, is that you on the field? No, I think it's, it's great. I think for the players to have former players who, who reach uh, uh, playing for world for, for the world's biggest clubs to to one Champions League final, so they they able we are able to relate with them what it is, and and they want to emulate us, and we th- we trying to to help them to emulate us because if they emulate us, they we have success together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in that way, it's it's I think it's a perfect perfect situation, and uh, it, it's quite easy to to speak with the guys and, and and relate to the problems they have or the success they have, uh, or keep their foot feet on the ground. From yeah, uh, okay, show your uh, trophy cabinet, and so what uh-huh. do you have? Yeah. Okay, one, and okay, uh, sorry, this is mine, and this is mine, <laughs> this is mine, this is mine. So you have some way to go, and 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 that, that's that's great, and that's that's what I is to uh, to develop and 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 become better. Uh, in a particular way, uh, uh, a particular way of playing football. But what, what is your relationship with the with the squad? Fine How often now. do you see them? Uh, just saw a little bit of the training this uh, this uh, this morning. 
En dat wij aan Mark Overmars is our football director. So Mark has the 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 closer connection with uh, with the coach, mm-hmm. the manager, and uh, and with the players. But uh, yeah, I try to uh, be there as often as possible. But uh, unfortunately, I I travel a lot also to uh, to a lot of countries. And uh, on the commercial side, it's important also for uh, to make Ajax uh, a big brand and a big club again in the in the world of football and the world of soccer. So that way, uh, my I think I I need to spread myself between. Two or three days, two days. Now let's say four days in 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 two weeks that I'm uh, that I'm abroad. Then you have to work at the office, of course, uh, and uh, and then at UEFA. So that's why I see them. I see the players less. But uh, it's, last uh, last year, Ajax was on a uh, winter camp in mm-hmm. Florida. Yep. And you had a training with them. Absolutely. Are you going to do that again in Qatar? Ideally, yes, because that's sort of like the only time I can get back on the pitch. And uh, to be fair, sometimes with uh, with those sessions, especially in uh, day before a Champions League match in a big stadium, see the players on the pitch, uh, see the coaches there t- kicking a ball from 20, 30 meters around. And those are moments I think, yeah, wow, could I get back on the pitch? Uh, uh, to kick a ball, to catch a ball, uh, but I, I like it to be fair. And I think the the, the okay, we have a goalkeeping coach. He, uh, he does an amazing job with uh, with our goalkeepers, for example, Andre Onana. How's your relationship it, with him? Is it is it a more a relationship because you were a goalkeeper, or is it uh, like any other player on no, the team? No, not uh, because you're goalkeepers. You have the same uh, same uh, joy for the for the for the cause and, yeah. and and making sure that the ball doesn't go in the in the back of the net. And I think we have a special relationship with him, and uh, he listens to me. And uh, I think he's a great, great character, immense quality uh, as a human being, but as a goalkeeper, how quick he is, the, the his, his jump, his reaction saves, and the way he uh, he controls his area. So in that way, uh, he will become uh, one of the best goalkeepers in uh, in the world. And uh, I can see, I can see that uh, with my own eyes. Not. Uh, no, it's not that difficult, of no, course, everybody to, uh, to sees see, it. but no. everybody sees it. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, he reminds me a bit of you, so he's a, he's going to be a legend one day. Why, for why sure. is that? Because if you put them, put them next to each other, we don't look alike, mate. We don't look alike. No, but he's definitely not afraid, for example, for high balls. And that that's something that you also had as a player, I no. think. If yeah. he goes for it, he goes for it. Yeah, okay. Then I, I spoke up to him about it. Uh, of course, he had a great reaction save, and sometimes he stayed on the line. And uh, he trusted his reactions. I said, "It's Andre. If the ball's on six, seven meters, or just go out, claim it, get it. Uh, then you have peace and quiet. Then you have, you, have, you control yourself. But otherwise, if you uh, you wait on the line and the ball goes to the top corner, you still have to react. And it's better to to take control yourself, to to focus and 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 also get fear into the into the the, the opponent team and and confidence in your defense. If there's a high ball." And you, you you feel the goalkeepers coming. You you catch the ball. There, it's safe. Otherwise, you need to you need to start fighting. If you're if you uh, who's going to win the ball? If the ball is going to go to the goal. And also, if if you if you're catching the ball at at seven, eight, nine meters, yeah, then the op- the opponents think, okay, shit, I don't have to put the ball in because there's a goalkeeper who, who catches every ball. Then you create fear and 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 and, and not knowing what to do for the with the op- against the opponent team. We're getting a free training here. Yeah, but it, it sounds to me that maybe that, let's not call it magic, but maybe that is a secret. Being a former player and a former player who has had played in the higher regions, that could be, a, it's very important for the squad of a team. Probably, but I presume the coach, the manager that we appointed to be uh, the manager of the team, making sure that the tactics are of right, course. that the training session are right. We have a performance coach, all those guys. 
I'm, I'm not a manager. I'm not the yeah. coach of the, of the team. I can help uh, with the small details. And of course, I can relate to things that are happening. But let's uh, let make sure. Uh, Eric Ten Hag is our manager. He's doing an excellent job. <laughs> yeah, <he's laughs> I'm trying to, uh, to, to lead the, the, the club, the company on, uh, on many fronts. And one of them is, uh, of course, uh, on the football side. It's a great team. Uh, topic five. Now, last but not least, Ajax is now aiming at other markets. Uh, what is the reason for this global ambition? I think in, in Holland, uh, Ajax is the biggest team and uh, the most successful team. So for us, it's uh, it's not about Holland anymore. It's uh, Of course, we're playing the Dutch League. We want to win the Dutch League. But to, uh, to create uh, uh, more awareness uh, abroad, uh, we need to fight against uh, the, the La Liga, the, against the Premier League and the, the Serie A. So it's not easy, uh, but I think we have a very good name. We have a philosophy, we have a DNA. We have Johan Cruyff as a, one of the most former uh, ex-players of, uh, of the club Ajax. And we have the, the unique uh, DNA uh, developing young players and, uh, and creating, uh, creating legends. We, we, we can't buy legends, we create them. And that's something, for example, Matthijs de Ligt and, 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 and Frenkie de Jong. Yeah, those, are, those, are guys, those are household names now. Uh, and created last year, and then they moved to Barcelona and to Juventus. So for us, uh, uh, it's almost a joy for the players that they leave to such a big club. It's an honor for us as a club that they were going to such big clubs to try to uh, reach the European uh, European or world uh, world top uh, in uh, in football. Um, we're grateful that they played here, and now we look at uh, at other players who, uh, who took their place and trying to develop them again. We set up shop, I say we, but Ajax has set up shop in the U.S. Do you think the U.S. is ready for uh, the European football? Yeah, of course. I've been there many times myself, also with, uh, with training, with camps, with, uh, with Man United. Uh, we, uh, I remember one in, uh, in Philadelphia, where we, where we stayed for three weeks and played in different, uh, different cities. So I think uh, European football is definitely, uh, definitely getting traction in, uh, in, uh, in the U.S. And of course, the MLS is, uh, is working. Uh, also, some players from MLS are coming towards uh, towards uh, towards Europe. So, in that way, I think for Ajax to uh, to 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 bring our brand to uh, to America, to uh, to have the training courses, to to make sure that uh, that the color, the shirt, uh, is out there, and not the philosophy uh, for the future developing. And I think that's something also that uh, that Americans would like. Uh, I know America is also about being number one, mm-hmm. being the biggest. Uh, the, that mm-hmm. ambition, of course. Yeah, we're not the biggest. We're not uh, we're not the best. Uh, uh, in, in the European soccer, you have the, the Real Madrid, and you have the, the, the big teams with all the big players. But we want to be you know, the second favorite club, I think. But we want to be a club that 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 nobody hates. Uh, and in that way, I think we're working uh, working really well to uh, to establish. That. Topic five for the future. You already mentioned uh, for the future. Can you tell us what that means for Ajax? Yeah, like our uh, our training accommodation is called the Toekomst, and uh, translated, that's uh, it's called the future. And I think for us, we're always looking at the future. Like our players never going to play 10 years in the first team. In Madrid, Benzema, uh, he plays there for 10 years. Uh, at Man United, Giggs, Kohls, Neville play there for 16 years. In Holland, it's probably not possible because at a certain, certain time, the, the league is not strong enough. So they need to go to a bigger league. And, and that way, we always need to look if a player leaves us, which player from the toekomst, from the future, can take his, uh, his position. And in that way, hoping that we create a better version of the player that left. And in that way, improving the team all the time and, and making sure that we 
yeah, that we create the steps in Europe uh, to fulfill our ambition to be a European top team again. The same that happened in the 70s, it happened in the 90s, and hopefully now in the 2017, 2019 uh, circle. And, and, that's, and our ambition is to make sure that we stay there. Mm-hmm. That we're not going to drop back again. So we have to make sure that the level of our players that come in, that also scouted, also from our academy, are high enough to maintain the status. How are we doing for the future? I think for the future is uh, is looking really well. We have an, uh, a blossoming academy. We have uh, we had seven players in the in the semi final under 17 uh, World Cup in Brazil a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we have we have some Dutch uh, some young players coming through. We have even an American international player uh, coming through, Sergino Dest. He uh, got his alliance uh, through his father mm-hmm. with uh, with uh, with the US. So in that way, um, and also the ability to, for example, we bought Daily Blind uh, from Man United, Dusan Tadic on Southampton and together with young players, young exciting players as, as Frankie de Jong, Tony van der Beek and, uh, and Matthijs de Ligt created something together and in that way that feel, felt very much the, li- the same as in 94 with, uh, with Frank Rijkert and, uh, and Danny Blind mm-hmm. at the father of Daly. So in that way uh, the future looks, uh, looks promising for, uh, for Ajax. You mentioned Sergio Dest, One, the last question. Um, he's, uh, he's our next guest. What do you think we should ask him? Uh, <laughs> if he uh, which uh, which Dutch uh, song is uh, on, on his playlist on his uh, on his iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> we'll check that out. All right, thank you, Edwin, for being our first ca- guest. Thank you, Edwin, for being our first guest at the Ajax Podcast International. In this podcast, uh, we are looking for as many international fans as possible, and we stumbled upon uh, one special person who is also a fan of you in particular. Well, let's hear what he has to say. Hi Edwin, it's Mick from Simply Red. I know you're a big fan of our work since I also had the honour of playing at your goodbye game eight years ago. We just wanted to say we're very proud in what you've achieved outside of the pitch since that day. Hope to see you soon. All the best from Manchester. Yeah, nice guy. I Mick, I knew him a little bit uh, through Alex Ferguson uh, in his time at United and uh, went at my farewell game in 2011. I wanted something special and... Uh, Could have taken a Dutch artist like uh, Rene Froger, of course. <laughs> But, uh, I We're think still uh, mad at you for not taking him. I know, him. <laughs> I know. He's still mad. Uh, so uh, Mick was uh, was very uh, very kind to uh, to come over and uh, performed uh, halftime and after the match with a special song. So in that way, it's great to hear from him. And uh, I think he's performing in the Ziggo Dome uh, in, a, in a couple of months' time here in the, uh, back in Amsterdam. So uh, Will you be there? I hope to see him then, of course. It's uh, music uh, from uh, One Amish Young and uh, I think he's... Uh, He's a terrific uh, singer and artist. Do you know of any more famous international people who are Ajax fans? Seth Meyers is, I think. Yeah, that's Seth Meyers. When we were in New York uh, a couple of weeks ago, we went to his late night show and he was a massive Ajax fan because he was uh, he performed at, uh, at uh, Boom Chicago, no? Yeah, Boom Chicago. Uh, Boom Chicago uh, when he was younger with his family. And uh, yeah, he's watching the matches all over and it was, uh, was fun to... Uh, To, uh, to surprise him and uh, to see him there. and uh, if, you see, if you see that material, I've never seen a, a big American star be such a fan of somebody. Say, <laughs> Can I go on the picture? Is it gonna <laughs> When we want no, but of course, there, uh, there, uh, there will be more. And uh, for us, it's, uh, it's important to, to, uh, to, uh, to make the brand bigger, make the name bigger, Ajax. I think the, the way we're, uh, we're set up, we're we looking forward to uh, the coming years to, to grow internationally and, of course, uh, uh, come uh, come quickly again to the to the to America to see uh, for myself how uh, how soccer is uh, is doing. Uh, of course, a 
good friend of myself is uh, Frank de Boer. He's the manager of, uh, Atlanta. of Atlanta, Atlanta. And that way uh, it, it's great for him that he uh, got a chance in, uh, in, uh, in the States yep. to make sure that Ajax philosophy also comes in uh, more places than only in Amsterdam. Well, we're going to do our best to uh, uh, reach out to the international fans also with the Ajax Podcast International. Thanks for being a great first guest. Um, uh, I hope you... Do you have anything to say to fans? No, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, follow football, enjoy, follow, follow the soccer. It's, uh, it's an exciting, exciting time, I think, for uh, for soccer in the States. A lot of big clubs, of course, uh, coming, to, uh, coming to the States. Uh, you have the IC tournament. That, uh, that attracts a lot of people. So there, there's uh, there's hap- things happening, new new soccer clubs uh, starting up and everything. But don't forget about that very special club uh, from Amsterdam that really have the right philosophy of uh, developing young players and exciting young players who, are f- uh, who have the talent, uh, be brave and be bold on the pitch. And in that way, uh, hoping to to emulate uh, the great players that uh, that our club has uh, produced over the those many years in an, in, in a successful uh, successful era. And a great legend as a CEO. Thank you very much, Edwin. You're welcome. We are looking for faraway fans. So are you following Ajax from abroad? Staying up late to watch your favorite football team? Following the news with other foreign fans? Then Ajax Podcast International is looking for you. Send us an email on podcast at ajax.nl and tell us where you are. We hope to add you to our Ajax network. Oh, and... Uh, Don't forget your contact details. So with Edwin gone, I think it's time for a little fun, Diedrich. I have this idea we can have uh, some sort of battle in order to have some fun and teach our international listeners some Ajax history in the meantime. I challenge you to come up with fun facts mm-hmm, about Ajax, mm-hmm. and we will take turns doing this. So next time you will tell me a story, and so on and so on. Hopefully, we can tell a lot of beautiful stories about Ajax, the club we love so much, uh, that our listeners can share with other fans. Because I'm older... Uh, Are you? Are you older than me? <laughs> because I'm older than you. Yes, I am older than you. I will start this week with a fun fact. Okay, so I'm going to sit back and I'm going to... Yes. And, I, and, and, and after you, you told me this, I can, I can rate this. That's a good idea. Then you will just give it a A or a B. Because in Holland, we do uh, one, one to ten. One to ten. But let's be international. Okay, we so do A's, okay. B's, and C's. Okay, and well. D if it's really... Okay, wow. surprise me. Surprise okay. me. I'm going to lean back. All right. Now, we all know that Ajax plays in uh, the most beautiful jersey there is in the world. It's a white with a red stripe in the middle. Everybody knows it. If you see it, I get I get happy when I see it. I don't know about you, but I get... I, Absolutely. It, it's just a, I have a, a great shirt. It has three stars on it, which means they've won... Um, 30 national titles and it's just beautiful with with the Ajax logo but they didn't always play in this shirt they uh, started off in a black shirt with a red uh, stripe on the bottom or they could do a red stripe around their neck and they didn't start wearing another shirt until 2011 when they Became the joined the national league, and then 2011. No, that's no, when I they mean, got the third star. That's when they Except got the third. Of course, I mean 1911 because they were uh, originate from 1900. 1900. Yeah, and then they got another shirt, and that also wasn't the red stripe shirt. It was a red stripe shirt, but it was white with a lot of red stripes on it, and they couldn't wear that either because 
another team in the National League was wearing that already. So they had to change it. But the shirt they're wearing now is not the original Ajax shirt. It is actually uh, the third shirt they wear. But it is the most beautiful shirt till now. It's absolutely a beautiful jersey. It is. It is. It's a jersey. Great. It's great. Let's call it a jersey. We call it a shirt, but let's call it a jersey, a jersey for now. Yeah, it's a beautiful kit. Yeah. Did it's you it, know this? I, I I think I heard it once, but it's a great story. I, I I was I was just very curious what the original looked like because I knew that they had these strange colors and everything. Well, it was all black, mm-hmm. and they wore black socks, and I think a white uh, shorts, and then a black jersey. Well, I'm glad that it turned out this way. I'm very glad because this is so much more beautiful. Do you know the other team who wore the uh, red and white striped shirt? Probably PSV Eindhoven. It was Sparta. Rotterdam. Also a very old club. Very old club. They've been around since 1911, that yeah. we know for sure. Also a very old club. Okay, I think I, I, can, re- I can rate this now, right? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, because I, I think I, I knew there was a different shirt. Mm-hmm. There was a different jersey, but I didn't know it was a black jersey. It was. So I would say A-. minus. I will take that. I will take it. I never got an A at school, so I will take an A minus <laughs> now. Okay, and now I have to come up with a. With a uh, do I understand it well? To next week, next episode. Next episode, uh, I I want to be amazed by your fun fact. And talking about jerseys, maybe it's nice to give away a jersey sometime. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do that to a far away fan. So if you are a far away fan of Ajax. And you let us know why you are a faraway fan or why you're where the you best are. and where you are. You might win that beautiful jersey that we just talked about. Yeah. Do you have to send an email to podcast at ajax.nl? So it's not .com, it's .nl because that's the Netherlands. Podcast at ajax.nl. Where are you? How are you an Ajax fan? What's the story behind that? Please send us an email. We'll read anything. You can, you can send us anything really at podcast at ajax.nl. Well, we're almost at the end of this Ajax Podcast International. We'll be back in two weeks. We would like to thank Joey Bodestaff for the production, as well as you, of course, the listener. If you would like to stay up to date about Ajax, please subscribe to this podcast via your favorite podcast app. You can easily find us in Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and or any other application that you use. Please leave us the best rating you can. If you have any questions or suggestions regarding this episode, please don't hesitate to send us an email on podcast at ajax.nl. That's nl and not com because this is the Netherlands. Thank you again. You'll hear from us soon. Bye-bye.